Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In the letters of Blake, there is one where he wrote to the Reverend Crossler. The Reverend Dr. Prosper, who had criticized him for his work, and said to Blake that you need someone to elucidate your work. So Blake wrote him and said, You ought to know that what can be made explicit to the idiot isn't worth my care. And the wisest of the ancients consider what was not too explicit, the fittest for instruction, because it rouses the faculties to act. Then he went on to say to this reverend, why is the Bible more instructive and entertaining than any book in the world? Is it not because it is addressed to the imagination, which is spiritual sensation? and only but immediately to the understanding or reason. Of course the Reverend did not understand that. Like all the teachers of the world, religious teachers, they treat it as secular history. And Blake knew from his own experience it was not. It was God's plan of salvation. Man must experience history rather than scripture for himself before he can begin to understand how altogether wonderful it is. It's altogether true, but not on this level. Eternity is actually within your immortal head, and that's where the entire drama unfolds. Now let us turn to this book that they call the greatest book in the world, and I will endorse that. I haven't read all the books, but I do not know of anything that could come near the Bible in Revelation. It has nothing to do with science. It's not teaching us anything about the stars, about anything in politics. It's all about God's plan of salvation. Where we turn now to the very first book of the New Testament, Matthew. This is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Here it establishes the three important characters of Scripture. Now we go back to Genesis and start with the first one now, Abraham. And the Lord tempted 
Abraham. One translated tested, which may be a better way. And the Lord tested Abraham and said to him, Take your son, your only son Isaac, and offer him as a burnt offering. Abraham took his son the very next day with the fire and the wood and the knife and two young men and went up to Mount Moriah. If you're familiar with the story, you need not tell you the entire thing, but that is the story. The Lord intervened. Abraham, having met the test, he said to him, do not lay your hand upon the lad, for you have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And then he made him the father of the multitude, for the name Abraham means father of multitude. And said to him, they will be more numerous than the stars, more numerous than the sand of the beach. For just estimate that number beyond the wildest dream of man. That will be his offspring, yet he only had one son. Now we know that's a lie right away, if you take it historically. Because twelve years before the birth of Isaac, the Lord gave him a son, whose name was Ishmael, born of a slave in the household of his wife Sarah. For she was barren and was beyond well, bearing. It had ceased to be with her after the affairs of women, after the nature of woman. And so, finding herself barren and wanting a son and an heir, she sent her servant, Hagar, into her husband, Abraham, that he may know of, which, as story is told, he did, and she bore him a son, and the Lord said, Call him Ishmael, which means God hears. All God has heard. That twelve years prior to the birth of Isaac. Yet we are told Isaac, and these are the words of the Lord, take your son, your only son, and offer him as a burnt offering. How can the one who gave him a son call Ishmael now call this one his only son? The word translated son and only son appears only twelve times in the Bible. For the word one is ahad, but this is translated and defined as one, the only one, the unique one, my darling, my chosen one. Any term of endearment, these are the definitions given to the word that is now translated your son, your only son. Now here, we turn now to the 22nd Psalm, which you find quoted all through the New Testament. It's the Psalm of David. It begins, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is the cry on the cross. Yet the words are the words of David. We find the first verse, the eighth verse, the eighteenth verse, all through the New Testament. And all these are the words of David. We find the same correspondence between the sufferings of Christ 
and the suffering of David. The identical words are used and are all now in the words of David. Now in the 22nd Psalm, David sings out to his father the cry of despair. And he said, defend me or deliver me from the sword. Deliver my soul from the sword and my life from the power of the dog. Why my life? That's the same word translated your son, your only son. So why do they now translate it my life? The Hebrew word is Yahweh. And it means your son, your only son. What David is saying, deliver your son, your only son, from the power of the dog. In the second psalm, David has already declared that the Lord said unto me, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. Now he calls upon the Lord who seemingly has abandoned him. Then he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now deliver, not my life, deliver your son, your only son, from the power of the dog. Now we come into the new and we find that all the things said of David are now said of Jesus Christ. What is the secret? Imagine this with me. Can you imagine a command that is absolute? A thing to be done absolutely and continuously. Something stated in the imperative passive mood. Like this. Thy will must be being done. Thy kingdom must be being restored. It's the imperative passive mood. Think of the simple occurrence of an action without reference to completeness or incompleteness, without reference to duration or repetition, without reference specifically to its position in time, but sometimes with reference to past time. Just imagine such an action taking place forever and forever and there is no limit as to its duration. No one knows when the father will stop the action. When God who set the command in force will stop it. So we do not know the measure of the time. He has no reference to its position in time. Whether it's the first year BC, first year AD, or the year 17, or rather 1971. We do not know. He has no reference to position in time. So think of such an action. Now, you and I have to react, or rather re-enact, this eternal command. You and I will have the experience recorded in that 22nd chapter of Psalm. When suddenly, we are going to experience it now in the real way, for these are all adumbrations. The entire Old Testament is an adumbration. That is a foreshadowing in a not altogether conclusive or immediately evident way. It's a sketchy representation, omitting details, 
omitting all the little things that you could add into it and put into it and see the picture. It's a very, very sketchy picture. Now, we come into the story of David and takes on more form now. Say unto my servant David, when you lie down with your father, which is a euphemism for death, when you die and you sleep with your father, I will raise up your son after you, who shall come forth from your body. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. Now that adumbration is taking on more fleshly state now, coming down to the story of Jesus Christ, who is coming out of David. Well, now who is David? David is the symbol of humanity. Abraham is the symbol of the father of eternity. The father of the multitude, who could it be other than God? So here we have Abraham, the symbol of the father, David, the symbol of humanity, and at the end of the journey, something comes out of humanity, which is the Son of God, that is God. So in the New Testament, the Son is made to say, I and my Father are one. He who sees me has seen the Father. Yet, the Father is greater than I. He is telling us that I am not inferior to my essential being, the Father, only in my present capacity or office as the saint called the Son am I inferior, but not as to my essential being, the Father. When I am sent, it's the Father who sent. The Father sent me, but he had no one else to send but himself, so he sent me in the capacity, in the office of the saint, I seem inferior to myself the sender. But the sender and the saint are one. That's what we are told in Scripture. He who sees me sees him who sent him. So if you knew my father, you'd know me. And if you knew me, you'd know my father, for we are one. I and my father are one. So here we find Abraham, only the symbol of God the Father, David, the symbol of humanity, and Jesus Christ, the symbol of the Son of God, which is one with God. For I and my Father are one. So out of humanity, and God plays all the parts, may I tell you, so there's one part in the world that God isn't playing. And having played all the parts, he extracts from the experiences of humanity that which represents now a son, and that son is called David, for David is the symbol of humanity. Do you understand what Blake meant when he said it's the most entertaining book in the world? And not one book in the world comp compares to it? It's the most instructive book and the most entertaining book. It's like Quicksilver. You're just about to grasp the son and he turns into the father. You're about to grasp the feeling of the father and he turns into the son. Just like Quicksilver. He simply loses himself and eludes your grasp in his many metamorphoses. Suddenly he is not the father, he is the son. 
Well now I say to you, said he at the very end of the story, as the Father sent me, so send I you. He's playing the part now of the Father. He's no longer now the Son. He has departed the world and he's returned to himself the Father. I will leave the world and go unto the Father. I came out from the Father and came into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. So I return to myself who takes himself as me. So he comes into the world as the Son. And while he's in the world as the Son, having the experiences of humanity, he seems inferior to himself, the Father. And he is. For he took upon himself the restrictions and the limitations of humanity. Now we are told when he went towards the cross, he carried his own wooden cross on his back. Now, Abraham placed upon Isaac the wood upon his back. Isaac wondered where is the land. Experience the best in relaxation and entertainment with Saul Good Streaming at SaulGood.org. Our extensive library features hundreds of audiobooks, thousands of short stories, original podcasts, and popular sounds for sleep, meditation, and relaxation all ad-free. Whether you want to escape into a good book or fall asleep to your favorite ambient sound, we have something for everyone. Go to SaulGood.org to start streaming and discover your new go-to for entertainment and relaxation. That's S-O-L-G-O-O-D dot O-R-G. Experience the best in relaxation and entertainment with Saul Good Streaming at SaulGood.org. Our extensive library features hundreds of audiobooks, thousands of short stories, original podcasts, and popular sounds for sleep, meditation, and relaxation all ad-free. Whether you want to escape into a good book or fall asleep to your favorite ambient sound, we have something for everyone. Go to SaulGood.org to start streaming and discover your new go-to for entertainment and relaxation. That's S-O-L-G-O-O-D dot O-R-G.